This is Grey Matter, a horror podcast for horror fans by horror fans. I'm your host, Grey. Today, I'm joined by a very special guest, first time on the show, Cray Dre. How you doing tonight, Dre? <laughs> I am doing so good. What's today? Is it Thursday? Yes. Yeah. I, I've been excited for this all week. I feel like... I go hard for this movie, you guys. So, um, I've been I've been really excited for this a lot. Yeah. So, so I'm we just, I'm just was it back in May we talked about perhaps doing this episode or April somewhere around there. And it yes, and it and I didn't want to believe that it could really happen. Yeah, I mean, here we are, three months later, <laughs> and it's happening. Oh. Yeah, oh, I didn't think it was going to really happen. You, Germ, uh, Bobby, Mike, uh, all have spoke to me at some point about like doing a Grey Matter episode, and it's just been like a struggle to get to this point. And I knew it was going to happen. I even said in the last episode, this was going to be the next episode. So I was like holding myself accountable just like that as well. So I am very excited oh my to um, have you on the show because I got a chance to rewatch this film, which I hadn't done. Um, it's funny, like, and you might, this might be the same thing for you. It's like, I will go to the movie theater yeah. with a brand new film, but I'll be meaning to yeah. watch, I don't know, Halloween 2 for like three months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I have things. a long list. Yeah. Um... All right, well, before we get into that, uh, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Um, yes. What, yes! What was your first scary movie? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure the, the, the community that I'm getting to know on Instagram, you know, Bobby, Michael, Tyrone, Jaleesa, um, Natasha, like all, all, all these people that I love talking to. Um, but my first horror film was Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Shut 1974. up. You know it's my favorite I know. Film, it, right? I, what? Yes. It, oh. Oh, my goodness. They, in my family, because I saw it in my grandma's house. Um, she asked, I, I remember as clear as day. I was five, and there was no way I should have remembered this, but I do. She just asked us one day, and she was just like, it was me and my older sister and my cousin. She's like, y'all want to watch a scary picture? And I just remember them going, yes. And I was like, I, I just remember thinking, like, I didn't want to. <laughs> um, and, you know, that the first minute, two minutes of that film was, I mean, imagine a five-year-old seeing that. I was mm-hmm. traumatized. Traumatized. I ran behind the TV, and uh, it was just insane, but it started that. That started it. I was traumatized, but I wanted to watch it again. And like, my grandma told me if we watched the movie with our feet, that we wouldn't have bad dreams. So I was like, when I was watching it, even though I was terrified, I was like, this is my protection. I'm not gonna have bad dreams. My feet are up, you know. <laughs> but that got me into horror. That started it all. This actually makes sense because I remember maybe about a month ago we were talking. And I said how there's the cult classic convention or the Texas gas station. I forget what it's called. And you were like interested in it. 
And I was like, no one's ever interested in that. I never thought to ask another question what? about why you're into it. Um, so now you got to come. Yeah. I, when you told me about it, I was like, it sounded so, like, I couldn't imagine going to that. Like, that. that's how I see horror. Like, to this day, I, I know it's trauma, and I know it is. But to this day, I still have I have dreams where I'm like locked inside of a house and I'm trying to get free. And I think it's because of the text chainsaw massacre, like seeing that so young, like seeing her trapped like that, break free, like jumping mm-hmm. out of the window. Like I dream, I, I have dreams of that as an adult. Like it, it's crazy. It's like so imprinted on you. Basically, it is. Like, and in the dream, sometimes it's not like I'm scared, like, out of my mind, out of my mind. Like, I'm terrified, but in a different kind of way. But, yeah, I'm always trapped in the house, and I got to get free. And I, I know it's it's because of the Texas on Massacre. I was too young to see that movie. Like, <laughs> um, I have a similar – mine actually wasn't Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It was Pumpkinhead. Um, and I've never seen that movie. It is – well – if you've never seen it, you should wait. Screen Factory, I just found out yesterday, is releasing a 4K version of the film. And I'm hoping, I'm okay. nervous because a lot of the films is 80s practical effects, but they wouldn't do it unless oh. it held up. Like, I don't think you're going to see a zipper. Right. <laughs> the, uh, oh. <laughs> but uh, it was definitely one of those films where I was too young to be watching it and not know that this wasn't real. Like, I really thought you could summon mm, a man yeah. and get revenge for a wrongful death. And, like, I was always worried. Is that what they're doing? Yeah. Or that's okay. basically what happened. Um, that's so um, something I've noticed. My taste palette for horror got set up really young. Mm-hmm. Because I saw the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like, that was my first version of what horror was from my memory. And then obviously I've seen all the slashes and all that afterwards, like, but I, and then I saw Halloween afterwards. Those are my second horror film I've seen. And I watched it over and over and over again. So it set me up for like slashers, like, and I don't like bugs and that type of stuff. Yeah. So I remember seeing Pumpkinhead and it's like, when I was younger, it was a movie I would just turn. I'm like, I don't want to watch this. I don't watch this <laughs> Pumpkinhead. I'm like, I want to watch, I mean, if a few of them sit through the cracks, like Critters and like, you know, um, I can't even think of another one, but something like that. Like a couple okay. of them slipped through the slipped through the cracks. But um, I don't know. Maybe I could try to watch Pumpkinhead as an adult. My mind's more open now. <laughs> yeah, I think that I think if nothing else, people who don't like the film could just have appreciation for Stan Winston uh, special effects because mm-hmm. it was definitely at that point all. Uh, classic traditional like they were creating things because there's two parts of the 80s right there's parts where it's all neon and laser beams and people were really excited to test yeah, yeah, yeah. screen. and then there's still the regular people who did practical effects like uh the first predator suits were all practical effects people were like just hanging out inside i heard and uh figuring out heard all about the that, aliens um from the franchise, the, the a lot of the original ones were all practical, and it started with like putting on a trash so, bag and stilts, and then like they just grew it from there. I have a confession: I've never seen Alien. 
ever. Like I know about them, and they were around. No, people would kill me. They would kill me if they heard me saying that. Um, because but I've seen like snippets of like really iconic parts. I've seen snippets of it. And I'm like, whoa! But I've never seen it before. Like, never. Like, I and I know I need to watch this Grinny Weaver. Like, I know I need to. Um, but I've never watched it. Never watched it before. I think it's it's like for me. I didn't. I saw Aliens Three was the first film, uh, or first mm, film I saw. Okay. I thought Aliens was the first film, as I think many people at the time. Oh yeah, uh, did. Uh, and then I didn't see Alien until Earth Day. Uh, within the last ten years, there was a double feature. At mm. the, um, Alamo oh Grand wow! Day. Like you mean within the last ten years, you just seen it back to back? Yeah. So wow, I would say 2013, 2014, I'd never seen Alien before that. What? Well, I think that's well. It's just cool though. I, you know, those movies that just slip through the cracks, like or you've been meaning to watch it, or you just you just never watched it. Like yeah, like oh my gosh, I have a I have a list of movies like that that I still need to watch that I like. Okay, like I haven't seen Jaws. Never seen Jaws. Like I know all about it. I've never sat down and watched Jaws. I so strange. I can't say that, but I can tell you I never knew that <laughs> yeah. until like three years ago. See, like yeah. Devin was telling me, or Devin's seen them all, or I think he owns them all. And um, I was like, oh, I didn't know it was part four. That's that's a stretch, but it happened. See, wow, wow. No lie, yesterday uh, on Facebook, uh, the Facebook car groups, I put two and two together like, wow, Jaws is like actually a franchise. <laughs> Would have never even thought of that in my life until literally yeah, yesterday. Yeah, the first movie is so iconic. And then like you, I think it's expected you would get a sequel. But then like the three, part three is okay. Like if you're just having a Jaws day, I could say, yeah, I'll watch all three. Until recently, before I still haven't watched part four. Like I know it exists. Like you said, it's on that perpetual list yeah. of things. And I miss sometimes current things. Like I was just telling a friend the other day, like I'll see something on Shutter and say, Oh, I'm gonna watch it. And the next time I go to Shutter to watch it, it's already off. And it's always a thing of like, is yeah, yeah. Kick, or am I really taking two or three months right. to watch this film? Oh wow. Yeah. Am I am I taking too long? Right. Is it me? Oh. Uh, second question. What is your ideal situation set up when you are going out Friday night, Thursday night, midnight to watch a horror movie you've been anticipating? Are you a treats person? Are you a blanket person? Do you have preferential seating in the theater? What does that look like? Yes. Um, in the theater, obviously, uh, I mean, I know you have to watch movies at home, but for me, I prefer to see movies in the theater because the mood and the environment is already set up for you. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so you can go see it at virtually any time of the day. But my uh, my friends make fun of me because I, when I go to the theater, I sneak in food. I do not buy their foods. Okay. I will not buy $35 worth. I'm not going to spend more money on my tickets than, you know, my... my I mean, more money on my food than my ticket. So for me, I usually go to Chipotle. I give me three tacos 
and I get it in the little foil, and then I bring it in my pocket, and I bring my little jacket, and then I bring my arsenal to put it in my sleeve. Like I'm going in, and then if I'm if I'm feeling really good, I'll bring some tiramisu and put it in that, and then I'll carry it in with my blanket. And yes, and then when I'm in the theater, um, I don't know if it's because I'm left-handed, uh, but I like to sit on the left-hand side, and I like to sit kind of in the middle area towards, I used to like to sit in the front, but I kind of like to sit in the middle area, um, kind of a little bit, a little bit towards the back, but somewhere on the, on the left side, I don't know what it is about that. I noticed. Interesting. I've never, yeah, I've never thought about a correlation of like, um, where I sit based on like my dexterity, I guess. Um, you know why? I think James Wan is responsible for that because he talked about um, some of the scares when he does for his movies. He intentionally does it from the left side because he said most people are right-handed, so they're looking to the right all the time, but the, the scares will come on the left. Like It was like this thing I never thought of, and ever what? since then, I always... Think of yeah, like if you if you watch Insidious, like there's some scenes that are chilling. It's on the left side, but he says just the audience naturally looks to the right. That's why he's a goat. That's why he's one of the goats. You know, modern day one of his movies tonight. I gotta I gotta look at this. <laughs> oh, you gotta do it. I feel like that's really that's yeah good. yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um. All right. Last question, and then we'll get on with it. This is more current events. Yeah, yeah. On the spot. Christopher Landon has been tapped to direct Scream 7 in lieu of uh, Radio Silence being busy shooting their own Universal Monster film. Mm. Are you for this, against this, nervous about it? Do you want to put an asterisk by it? I am... I'm going through phases. Because yesterday I found out after work, literally at 5 o'clock, I think it was like 5.10, and I thought it wasn't real, and I was pissed. I just couldn't believe it. I was like, why? Like, Matt and Tyler, like, they're doing it. Like, they, they did Scream 5, I hated it, but they improved on Scream 6. They, 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 you know, they got me in now. You know, they got the core four, the character development, everything was so, such an improvement. Now we're going to attach a new director. So, I'm I'm upset about that um, just because you got to learn it all again. But the more I've been thinking about it, I pay attention to directors. And I know I've seen, uh, what is it, Paranormal Activity, The Mark Ones. The Mark I've ones, seen yeah. Happy Death Day. I didn't see the sequel. But I've seen both of those movies, and both of those movies are actually good. And when I think of yeah, 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 like they're they're good. So I'm like. He's not like a mediocre director. I didn't want a new director who's making his directorial debut or someone who has a couple of movies. It needs to be an undeniable great director. So he's not a he's not a newbie. Um, and I thought about Happy Death Day. It was kind of funny. It had that whodunit factor. It had certain aspects of screen when I thought about it. So I'm like mm -hmm. kind of now, right now at this current moment, I'm kind of like, Let's just give it a chance. Um, let me just let me just give it a chance. I'm just gonna give him the chance um, because I think about look when I watch Scream, I'm not watching Scream to be terrified out of my mind. 
So if it's not scary, that's not something I'm complaining about. Is it entertaining? Is the script good? Um, and the whodunit factor. Those are like the top three things in the character. So like, I think Christopher Landon has a good good chance to really do this. I just hope he's studying what he's studying. But I would think it would be naive to think he's not a fan of the franchise. So I'm kind of like, okay, let's just see what happens. I'll be. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I had, to, I had to explain that in detail because it's like, because uh, I I feel I I don't know like because Scream is one of the most consistent franchises. You know, Wes Craven directed one through four, and it's like you can't just throw new directors in there. Like Scream is set apart, and I don't want it to become like Friday the Thirteenth, Halloween, Nightmare on M Street. You know, it's a consistent franchise. I am. So that's one of the things. There's two things, I guess. One is, are they going to ma- maintain the integrity of uh, Radio Silence original script? Because they had a trilogy yeah. in mind. We're at the end of the trilogy. We don't need to, like, make it your own, Christopher Landon. But, like, we don't need a lot of, like, uh, directions that weren't the intended goal. Like, we're building up to this thing. It's, you know, I, I was going to, never mind. Because Halloween no. Ends does this thing where we introduce a character that hasn't been there for the whole trilogy, and all of a sudden he's the center point of the story. And it's like, why is he shoehorned in I there? And I, I get it, COVID happened, and you tried to update the script or whatever. I don't think we need all those things. Um, and then on the other it half... There was a lot going that, on in that movie. Yes. I hate that uh, the, the studios are so impatient of like, why not wait a year, two years, and then let's can we come out? Can we just can we just wait? Can we just wait? Like, please, like, like when I think about it, like, like screen when Screen Three came out, like, like I saw Screen really young. Once again, I was watching horror movies really young, so I was like six watching Screen Two. Like, I was eight when Screen Three came out. So like, mm-hmm. I like. Like, we watched them grow up. We watched Sydney grow up. We watched Gail grow up. We watched Sydney grow up. Why not let them just grow up? You know, like, it's cool. Let Tara grow up, you know, from looking like a 15-year-old, you know, to a to a woman. I'm, no disrespect. I love you, Jenna Ortega. But, you know, she looks like a young girl. You know, she looks... Let them grow up. Let let 2026... 20, it'd be nice if they did it for, like, the 30th, like, reunion. Because the 20... I think in 2026 is, like... The screen 30th reunion, but oh, oh, yeah, yeah. why not wait? A, yeah, like, why not wait until then? We don't have to push it out now. Now, I will say, when Scream 6 first came out, I was so geeked, I thought it was so good, it was such an improvement from five. I was like, here for it. Um, and I wanted to get another sequel, but now I'm just like, let's wait, it'll feel that much more. Scream 7 has the potential to be the best. I know the originals are the originals, and I love them too. But it has a it has the potential to be the best in a franchise. Like it right. could do so much. So let's take our time. Let's not let's not push it out. Yeah, I especially if this becomes the one of the trends we're going through right now. People are retconning, yeah. you know, originals and then adding a trilogy based on the original, and heavily in in the horror genre, but. And, you know, then we have these other ones that are making epic films where it's like part one is this year. Part two will be released in right. uh, 
2035 or whatever. Um, right. right. It's fine that those are the trends, but let's see it all the way through. Because there are tons of movies to the nineties where they were shot back to back and they suck. And it's like, let's not do it to right. do it, but let's, let's do it properly. I, I don't think there's let's very take, many and, and, people that would disagree. No. They better not. <laughs> they know not. They ought not. Fair. All right. Well, now that our listeners have gotten a chance to know you a little bit better, let's get into this film. We're talking about Smile from 2022, the unexpected box office powerhouse last fall, kicking off spooky season. Um, If you've never listened to the show before, we will spoil the shit out of it. So if you haven't seen Smile yet, (laughs) what are you waiting for? It's almost a year. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for, huh? It's Julie voice, guys. Come on. I know what you did last summer. Catch catch the nuggets. Catch the nuggets. I swear to you, that is the third time this week Julie has come up in my life. Is it's Are you serious? That movie's the gift that keeps giving. Um Ooh. I'm a fan when something happens three times, that's like it means something. Uh maybe I'm gonna be tapped to write the next installment. <laughs> Amazon, please get at me. Come on. <laughs> Speak it. Amazon Amazon Studios, are you listening? Right. We are we are knowledgeable, okay? I will sing you a song, please, Amazon. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Smile is actually an expansion of a short story that some people would not know unless you own the DVD. Uh, I do not, but I remember when the short uh, is called Lower Hasn't Slept, and it premiered here at uh, South by Southwest. That's the only reason why I was semi-familiar uh, with it. And uh, Parker Finn was hmm. impressed. Uh, oh, my goodness. And got this film made. Which, have you, have you Parker seen Parker Finn. No, I have not, but I've heard about it. I, okay. I, I've even heard some say it's better than the movie. Um, I won't ruin it for you, but I would say it really gives context to uh, the beginning of the film, obviously, because it starts with, uh, what's her name? Yes. Stacey, or Caitlin Stacey. The mother. Yeah. And uh, she's- Wow, in, you know the names? Wow. Uh, only because I've recently looked at it. I don't- <laughs> Oh, I'm like, wow. Like, bless you. Wow. No, no. Otherwise, I wouldn't. Um, yeah, <laughs> it begins with her character, Laura. Smile does. And the the way the short story ends is similar to the third act of this film. So it really tees you up in a little bit more of the mythology of the uh, smile demon. I don't, I don't know what it is. The curse or whatever. Okay. The curse. I don't even know. I just call it the entity. I don't even know. The entity. Oh, that makes sense. Cause it it really is. It's like a, it's like a, it's a, it's something. Right. All right. I can spoil it. Let me, I, I try to remember that I'm used to, cause I'm, I'm so big on, I want people to have their own experience, but like, obviously they're listening. So yes, yeah, spoilers. I can talk about it. Okay. Yeah. So it's definitely an entity. It's something there. Yeah. Okay. Um, now before this movie came out, I think it was most well known for the marketing campaign of where we had actors going mm-hmm. to big events and standing strategically in front of cameras and smiling 
uh, for long periods of time. I don't know. If oh, really? That or what? But it was that like, was a thing. Yeah, like they were going to like baseball oh, I games all and of things that. like that, just smiling. And his. Oh my goodness! If you didn't know this movie was coming out, like you're just thinking these are crazy people in the stands, and that's the way it looked to a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I had no idea. I this is this is one of those movies to me, like how you described this, like this unexpected. Like I saw this movie on Facebook. Like I just saw the poster smile and I saw the smile mm-hmm. and I was just like and I saw Truth or Dare in theaters when it came out. Have you seen that? Uh, it may there. have been one of the last movies I saw before COVID. Okay, so Truth or Dare had the smiling thing, like they, like you know, and the movie was okay. It wasn't that bad, um, but the smiling aspect stayed with me because they were doing that. So I am when I saw the poster, I'm like, this looks like a ripoff of Truth or Dare. I'm like, I don't want to see this. This looks whack, and I just was scrolling. Um, oh. But last year. Yeah, like I, I, I didn't even like I didn't even I obviously I didn't see the trailer and I if if you guys don't know I'm a big stickler about not watching a trailer. I preach it constantly because I feel like too many people talk about how uh upset they were, how it didn't meet their expectations, yada yada yada. It's because you're watching a trailer and you're probably watching it more than once. So you're looking for these scenes and it builds it up in your mind and sometimes things can't beat it. But um, I didn't watch the trailer for this, but it wasn't on purpose. It was because I didn't really know about it. Like I, I just saw the poster and I was like, rip off the smile, whatever. Well, last year when it came out, somebody posted about it. And I don't like looking at people's reviews either. That's another thing I don't do. I used to. I used to go to Rotten Tomatoes and all that, but I don't mm-hmm. like hearing other people's. I don't want to hear you say it's bad. I don't want to hear you say it's good. I don't want to hear you say anything. I just want to go see it myself so I can have my own authentic opinion. Um, but someone was like, bro, you got to go see this movie. It's so spine tingling. Da, da, da. And it just made me think. And it was a Saturday. And I was like, it's playing near me. Let's, let me just go see it. And I just didn't. So it was truly, for me, unexpected. Like, my, my, my expectations were to the floor. Literally. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. Now, see, that's interesting. I was just busy in life and never saw this trailer. We talked about it on Kill the Dead, so I knew it was coming. But the only yeah. reason I saw this film was because I wanted to see Clerks 3. It came out around the same time, limited release in my city. But the tickets were like $20 mm. or something like that. I was like, I'm not spending wow. $20 on a matinee. Or maybe it wasn't a matinee. But yeah. Um, yeah, anyway, that's a lot. I was, but I was in the mood to go to see a movie. So I was like, let me go check out this smile. I've kind of heard about it. It's making news. And um, I was not disappointed. I enjoyed the right. It's kind of a long movie for a horror movie. Uh, well, not kind of. It's it is. Out. But uh, it is. I think the information it gives you or the narrative it takes you on the ride for, it works. And uh, or it oh, paid off. My goodness! It oh my goodness! It oh my goodness! Like I think for me, uh, 
it's one of those movies I'm so thankful that I saw it. I feel like I saw it the way you are supposed to see it. Mm-hmm. I, I really, truly feel that way. Um, I know people have different ways of watching movies, but first of all, when it comes to horror, the genre, like, that's why I'm, don't watch the trailer because it's, it's like a, it's like a lot of times it's like a one, it's like a one and done. A lot of times. Yeah, you'll go back and rewatch it, but it's like that first time, it's, it, nothing will ever be like that first time. Some of them gets under your skin the more you realize and stuff like that, but like, and generally it's a one and done. And like, yeah. This one, like, I feel like it. It's like, it's like an orange. Like, you know, like you could squeeze the orange with your hands and get juice out of it, or you could get one of those expensive machines and you're gonna get a whole cup full of orange right. juice. I feel like I saw it in that way. I feel like I didn't, I didn't see the trailer, so I didn't even know what it was really about. Um, I so I, I just had no, I had no idea at all. So I really. I'm so thankful I saw this movie though because it was that first time. And oh, let me just say this: I went to go see it, and uh, we have Cinemarks down here, so I saw the Cinemark in XD. The intro scene happens, and I walked in, and I could tell automatically these these teenagers in my row they're laughing over little stuff, and I was like getting pissed off. I was like, I knew what was gonna happen, so. After the intro scene, I left the theater and I went to the front and I was like, yeah, can I, I need to, I saw I was playing in, you know, regular, like in the same theater, like 20 minutes later. Oh, okay. So I went to them and I was like, can I just switch my tickets? Because she's like, why? I was like, oh, it's just these teenagers. They're being loud, blah, blah, blah. She's like, oh, I could tell them to leave. I was like, no, you don't have to. I know what this is. There's teenagers. They're, they're, they're just happy to be out of the house. They just want to act a fool in the theater, so they're not gonna take this seriously. I have to. I had to leave because I knew it was gonna ruin my experience. Uh huh. So, um. But yeah, like the the ride that this movie takes you on is indescribable. It's heavy. Yeah. And serious. You know, it's interesting that you did that. I I don't know because I I I I separate my experiences. So if you've never been to an Alamo draft house here and I was fortunate that they're franchises by the time I moved away. So like when I moved to uh, yeah. DC, they have them there too, but like, you're not allowed to talk in a the theater. You're not allowed to uh, use your phone, make a scene or whatever. You'll get banned. So it's like, you don't have to worry about it. So like uh, horror movies, I really want to see or films. I really want to see. I'll always go to Alamo for that. If it's just some free timer. Wow. I'll go to AMC. Um, we have a couple Cinemarks around here. I just don't go. Um, That's but, funny you said AMC because there's an AMC near me that I will not go to because I went to go see Candyman 2021 there. And uh-huh. these kids were like, it was just not it. And I was so pissed, but I just had to make the best of my experience. But yeah, I mean. I was pissed. That's what I'm like. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry for my normal friends that are listening. But, like, that's where I'll go with, like, normal friends who aren't, like, cinephiles. And it's, like, they want to talk to right. her or make whatever. Like, yeah, we can go to AMC. You got you to gotta separate them. Yeah. I don't think there's nothing wrong with that. No. I mean, typically, for the most part, if I can, like, if, I, if there's a big movie coming out that I want to see, 
uh, I will probably go see it once as just like a fan and gush and mm-hmm. like enjoy everything. And I'll go see it again and actually pay attention to everything. Because <laughs> I, I often think right. in my opinion, right. the first time I see something I want to see is bias. And then like, I'm not really, hey, this didn't make any sense. Or why is they're supposed to be alive and they're not leaving footprints or something like that. Like, those are things I'll go yeah, back yeah. to attention to. Yeah. The rationalizations. Yeah. But first and foremost, I always just want to go and enjoy it. And uh, on occasion, eat my Twizzlers. Oh, my gosh. Oh, food is always a part. I'm sticking food in there and dessert. My friend thinks it's extra, but I, I'm not paying $30 for nachos. I'm just not doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the concession prices are hard. And even, um, you know, uh, I, I ordered some fries the other night and they were 12 bucks. But then with fees and everything, yep. the final check was like $17. And I was like, how did $13 go to $17? I'll be the last time I ever do that. Yeah. But, um, I was, I was just at an event and I just wanted to enjoy myself. They they have screenings here called Terror Tuesday, and uh, you get to mm-hmm. watch movies. In my case, I look at it as like I wasn't born yet, or I wasn't old enough, or whatever reason I never saw it in theater. Yeah, yeah. You get to see those. So yeah, I might own it, but I've never seen it in thirty five so cool. millimeter. Um, right, right, right. I wanted some fries. <laughs> that cost that, me nearly. That sounds like. Uh... Well, also, so they play like classic horror movies on like Tuesday. Uh, yeah, it could be anything. Uh, it's curated in part by the American Film Genre Archive. So sometimes mm-hmm. you get deep cuts. Like right now, they're doing Mystery Tuesdays. Um, mm. I saw a movie from it's a slasher from the eighties called Neon Maniacs. Uh, I was telling Ash. Oh, never heard of that. Most people haven't. And it's not great by any means, but it's not horrible. Yeah. Like I, I really But that's a beauty. Well, at least in eighty slashers. Right. And and it's fine. Next the, week. The, the, to... What was that? No, was this supposed to be next year or next week? Oh, uh, next week's supposed to be a deep cup vampire movie from the seventies. So it's like Oh wow. It's so Man, I'm jealous. I would love to be near that. Uh, they're expanding. All Alamos have it. Um, so, like, they get to Ohio. I, again. Please, I, I, please come to Ohio. Yeah. I, I, I got to see uh, Nightmare on M Street in theaters, like, three mm-hmm. years ago. I was geeking, because, first of all, I've seen the movie a million times. And it just felt so cool to be in a theater and watch it. Like, I yeah. kind of got to imagine, like, ooh, this is how it was to be there. Like, I know some people be like, why would you go see it? But I don't know. I'm a big stickler for the theater when COVID hit and it seemed like theaters were going to go away. I was scared. I was scared. I was terrified because the theater is the main place to me for horror movies and action. Like, I yeah. feel like certain other movies, you can watch them at home and it's not going to really kill you. But I feel like action and like horror is meant for the theater. It's just meant for it. Yeah, I agree. Like, even like, you know, when we get screeners and things like that. Yeah, I may have saw it early, but I'll still go spend money and see it at theater because I want to see it on a big screen. I watch, I sit in front of a laptop mm-hmm. for two hours. I want to see it, like, it big. Exactly. Uh, exactly. So, yeah, I completely understand. If I'm traveling alone to cities I haven't been to, 
I always try to find like historic theaters, and if something's playing, go oh yes, visit it to visit it. Um, yes. So yeah, I, I love the aesthetic. I love being in theaters myself. Yes, um, it's the way. Uh, I'll stop this Alamo Draft House commercial and get back to. Uh, <laughs> so, yes. One thing this... I learned last night when I, I so I told you I watched this okay yeah, I'm, yesterday I'm... part today that yes yes Bacon is Kevin Bacon's daughter and Kara Sedgwick. Yes, I yes never knew that. You didn't know that. I now I will say. Uh, no, well, no, I would say like when I was watching it, I didn't know who she was. Like, I just, yeah. you know, because I didn't really know much about this movie. So afterwards, I was like, because I was like, who is this actress? Who is she? I need to find her. And then I saw her name, Sosa Bacon, and I thought of Kevin Bacon just because of Bacon. But then I just read it, and they were like, oh, she's her daughter. I was like, this is Kevin Bacon's daughter. He ought to be proud of her. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I, I so I looked it up because I was thinking she had to be Claire Foy's sister because she looks like Claire Foy, and mm, I was just like, they that have is to be related. But then I was pleasantly surprised. And then once I read that and looked at the film, like the part in the movie where she's like in her pajamas and has her hair down. I can only see her father now. Like in that moment, I just see. Yeah. When her hair is up, she looks different. Like in the intro scene and her yeah. hair is up in a bun. She looks, it's it's like she has a different look to her. Um, yeah. It 100%. was interesting how much she changed when her hair was down. Um, so this story follows Rose, um, who is, I mean, she's never gotten over her mother's, problems uh and which led to her ODing. Yeah. and I, I i immediately the film is an allegory for how grief can consume you literally by the end of the film oh yes literally literally um, yeah. yeah uh but i i think one of the things that i never noticed until we we were about to do this show is that and this came up on the last episode of gray matter so it was like it popped out to me immediately because it was already top of mind is that the demon in this film, or I'm sorry, the entity in this film is um, always apparent by yellow. So when we meet Laura, her outfit is black and yellow. Uh, when we see the video footage from the gas station where the guy shears himself to death, he's wearing a yellow hoodie. When Joel is really the entity, he's wearing a yellow sweater. Our psychiatrist, which is the most terrifying two minutes in the film for me, towards the end, is wearing a light yellow oh my uh, blouse and blazer. And then Stephanie as well, she's wearing a floral yellow dress throughout this whole film. And that's every time the entity is in that body or soul. And that's how you can kind of tell when it's real and when it's not real before the entity reveals himself, itself. Whoa. I did not know that. I'm sitting here picturing, and like, oh my goodness. Well, it's like, wait a minute. I only know this because of an earlier recording. And, Please uh, tell me. Uh, but uh, yellow is emblematic of deception, 
uh, caution, uh, all things that should say uh, this is not right. Uh, cowardness. Yeah, yeah. You know, things that, hey, why, as an audience member, hey, why do I keep seeing yellow? That's like the caution right there. Wow. This keeps reoccurring. And I'm not paying attention to it. And then mm -hmm. obviously the entity is deceiving Rose every single time she keeps falling. Yeah. And I think that wow. Rose is not apparently focused on it because she's depressed, right? Rose's color right. palette is blue and gray, right? Common with depression. There is one cute moment where, and it's inappropriate as well. When we first meet Joel at the hospital, you can see a juxtaposition mm -hmm. of like when Rose is talking to the nurse, the RN, and the whole hospital palette is bright pink and pretty and happy. And then Rose's palette is the blue gray behind her. However, when Joel comes in the picture, mm. they, they switch. And all of a sudden, Rose is represented by rose colors, if you will. Because she's happy. She sees her ex. She kind of has a thing for him still inappropriately because she's fianced to another man. Um, <laughs> fianced. But, but Joel is suffering because he's still in love with this woman that left her. Right. And the, the tone right. of the camera is blue and gray because he's still pining for her. I didn't even. Wait. I didn't even. I didn't even. I, like, I. Wow. You're making me want to go back and watch it now because watch it again. I just watched it last night. I'm like. If I if I hadn't that. just watched Talk to Me, it wouldn't have been top of mind. Um, mm. Because it's a similar thing whenever Rose's sister's on a screen. Rose's sister's always in pink. And the only time mm. that she is possessed, she's not wearing yellow per se, but her hair is blonde. So it's kind of passing. Mm -hmm. But also, she's just a wow. Pink. Like, if she had a chance to mess with Rose, she would, oh. whether she was possessed or not. She had me laughing so hard. That that scene at dinner, so I gotta take him, I gotta take him to the soccer. And then I gotta do this. And she's like, and I've gotta do this. Like, I was laughing so hard. The first time I saw it, I was laughing. I was like, she is going in. She's yeah. So, but yeah. Yeah. But I think that that's part of the trauma as well. For them is that Rose okay. grew up with this thing that she couldn't let go, uh, being her mother's mm -hmm. death, and it's become our identity so much so that she became a therapist trying to help people and change uh, systemic trauma, maybe, uh, versus Holly, yeah. I, I believe, took on the characteristics of her mother in the aspect that she's self-involved and like she's only worried about herself. Yeah. She has other family members, but could give a fuck less. And I, I think it's so yeah, clear, like no, the dinner scene of like, no, I have to work Saturday, and they're like, what? What are you doing? What do you mean you have to work on the Saturday? Right, right. Yeah, she was like, yeah, and then and then and then like, well, uh, what's what? Because I don't even like this guy. What was her husband's name? Beyonce. That I don't remember. Oh wait, no. Right, no, I don't no. remember his name. What is his name? Uh, well, anyways, he's like. Greg? Um, he's like he kind of got a fit. Is it Greg? I don't know. Listen, I'm looking. I'm looking at horrible. Carl Trevor. Trevor. Tre okay. His name's Trevor. So, like at one point, he's like, you know, Rose would do it, do it for free. She loves she loves her patients. She do it for free. 
it was almost like an insult that you would even, I think I remember them saying that, like, you know, like she loves doing this. Like it, it doesn't matter that it's consuming her life to her, you know, yeah. at least that's what he's saying. Yeah. And I, I think, and I, that scene is a double-edged sword in that phrase of like, you could look at mm-hmm. it as like, she really loves her job. Like some people do. And yes, a lot of people give everything to their jobs because they really believe in what they're doing and they care uh, versus yeah is she really in love with her job or is she constantly trying to avoid her issues and she's constantly trying to escape mm. being home or having to think and things of that nature uh because we need her yeah because even right actually isn't the first scene when she has a flashback of the dream right and she wakes up i think that's one of the first scenes from the movie which i think it really just shows like like here she is an adult here she is a therapist and she's i mean i know you can't help with your dream but you know i kind of feel like the way even how i met her rose she's already like in this kind of state yeah um, seemingly like kind of around her um yeah she's maybe maybe on the cusp of having a mental breakdown pre-entity yeah yeah and i'm wondering like how was she with trevor like in the beginning and i'm wondering how was she with uh joel like how different was she then or was it the same type of melancholy kind of thing to her you know but then i kind of interpreted it as control because she's a therapist so i just kind of um, she wasn't stoic, I guess, but I don't know. I don't know. I look at it as she went with that. what was easier. There's this circling back to the dinner table. Is there's this moment where mm-hmm. they're all kind of like pissed at each other, and then as soon as the right. waiter comes, they're like, "Oh, thank you. This looks great. Oh my god!" Everyone puts on this fake face. Yeah, and and then it goes to the next scene after he says that. I remember thinking like, "That's so interesting." That's like, I've been waiting that. to try this forever. It's like, right. Uh, still and then it goes to the next thing. And I was like, right, right. It was a whole. And I remember thinking, like, what happened after that? Like, how did they leave? And how did they go home? Like, I was thinking about that. But I think that that's the problem between Joel and Trevor is that, like, Joel is much more down to earth and real. He's a cop, right? At some point, Rose would have to face he might not come home one day. And if she had to lose another person that she cared mm-hmm. about beyond means that she can control, she may have not been able to handle that versus I think Trevor was like a lawyer. Like the odds of something going crazy mm. for him are slim. So it's like choosing right. a safer life, even though it's not necessarily what you want. And it's just like, yeah, she never seemed truly happy to be engaged. She didn't like light up when he walks in a room or came home or anything like that. I was just like, I don't see the connection here. I'm like, and then I'm like, and and so when I watch movies, I, I try my best to not rationalize stuff. I try to just watch what I'm seeing and just try to look at it as that. So I'm thinking maybe like like you said, like on the cusp of a breakdown, maybe maybe she was a little bit different, you know, before this was going on. Because here she is, she's having a dream then at work. Could have probably she's obviously been having the same dream yeah. since then, you know, like for a while. 
So maybe she was a little bit different, but I didn't see the connection. I, I, I like you said, she didn't light up. She didn't seem happy. And she didn't really light up with Joel either, but it was like, it was something. It was something. Yeah. I saw it more towards when things started going wrong for her, but like you said, like, yeah, it wasn't like and lit up for Joel. I mean, for Travis. To that as well. I mean, we do have that scene where she wakes up from a nightmare in bed and he's unbothered. I mean, I'm not saying yeah. that everyone who sleeps next to someone oh, right. when the other one's awake, but most of the time you do. Yeah. And it's just like Right. Um, no, I I literally saw that. I was like, why didn't he wake up? I'm like, wow. Yeah. So uh, you said something too. Off there. But I'm also thinking from the standpoint if she goes yeah. to see um I forget her doctor's name, her her therapist. And it seems like Yeah, whatever her name is. She's surprised that she says, I'm surprised to see you. So she did go see her for a period of time and then she possibly upended and quit. And it was just like, I'm not gonna right. do this anymore. For whatever reason, uh maybe she was urging her towards the same thing. Her family hints as well, let the house go. And it's something that Rose can't do. Right. Right. She like wants to feel whatever. Yeah, I um I not to say I found that interesting. Like, cause obviously she's like running from it, but there's this connection to it as well. Um and I don't I don't want to say she wants that type of connection because it's obviously a source of a lot of memories that are not positive at all right it's like she can't let it go it's i remember that at the at the scenes he was talking about getting rid of it and mm -hmm. she's like no like but it's like you know you would think that she would want to get rid of it burn it down <laughs> i mean uh, essentially the entity forced her to um yeah and i think that's one of the things that isn't really in the forefront of this film is that the the entity wants the trauma to be experienced and it's yeah like the only way it feeds on it first is watching it kill whatever its host is and then you're yeah. affected. oh and the inmates wearing wow. yellow so it's like i think that's interesting oh, from the standpoint wow. of it can come back to you. You're not free. It's like you're still marked. You just got skipped. And I, I, I like so that interesting. point of like, again, trauma, you can deal with it, but you never know when you're going to be triggered. So like you could right, right. have all the good things and then something could still trigger you and you're right back in it. And I, I thought that was the yeah. interesting thing. I can't believe I just forgot to say that. Because you know most jumpsuits, oh. especially movies, are orange, but they go out of their way to give a right. yellow jumpsuit. I did not notice this whole yellow theory. Goodness. Yeah, Whoa. that's my only theory throughout this whole thing. There, I'm not saving anything else bigger. <laughs> like I just, I just did not notice that at all. Like even the colors and all that. Like, like I just thought it was just. I, I never noticed this whole yellow thing. Yeah, I think but, that they really try to drive home how depressed Rose is. Like, I've never seen so many different outfits that are blue or just shades of blue and gray. And they really do a good job making it subtle because on first watch, I would just, 
I would have thought the the outfit she's wearing when we meet her is a white top, but really it's like light blue. And I was just like, man, it was there the oh. whole time. Whoa. Yeah. So it's like she, this is driving home that she's in a dark place and there's like nothing that's going to bring her out of it. And there's like splashes of pink in her life to where it's like she does have moments of happiness. It's like um, in our office as well, her window shades are pink. And it's like, in general, when yeah. you're in your office, you like having a view. That makes most people happy. Right. And it's like, that's a perfect accent right. for the blue shades. Um, but it's, you know, it goes back and forth. But her color palette definitely is blue for the whole film. Wow. Wow. It... I want to go. I want to go too ahead, but it makes me go right ahead. I know I don't want to like jump around. Like I feel like it's one of those things. Um, like I'm thinking about the intro scene. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you said it's it's not white. It's a light blue top. In my brain, it's white, but it's like you probably like it's like you're saying the the whole. So I have an attachment to this movie because I'm really passionate about emotional health. For those who don't know, I have aspirations to one day open up my own counseling facility. I'm very passionate about mental health, and yeah, I feel like your mental health is everything. I'm, I, it, 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 I'm a very emotional person myself. I'm very introspective, you know, all that type of stuff. So I'm very aware of stuff, mm-hmm. and sometimes. I feel like sometimes I can feel like Rose, like just I'm so aware of what's going on in my life that like, I don't know. I I feel like I can see things that some people just don't notice or don't pay attention to. So um, the fact that this movie is focusing on trauma and mental health, suicide, depression, like Mm -hmm. some would even say schizophrenia, you know, not, not to say that Rose had it, but this is what they can see. It's like a lens into it so when you're talking about this blue and the gray like that dark just that depression like yeah. it just it's I, I can visualize that so much um as you're explaining that yeah and it makes it even more daunting like yeah i think that a lot of times and well one I hope that you can accomplish your dreams and open in a clinic to help people. And I think that um, second to that, to your point of like, a lot of things can be right in front of you and you can't see it, especially when you're in that type of state. And um, I think that in, in general, beyond movies, right? If we were just better at looking at things right. for what they are, uh, it could right. help people in so many ways. Someone said something to me the other day of just like, they let something go. And I was just like, oh, wow, man, you, like, you're a better person than me. Uh, like someone was going off on them. And, and he was like, hey, man, you just never know what someone's going through. Like, it's inconveniencing to me, but it could mean all the difference to someone else. And it's like, if they're not hard, yeah. hurting me, it's fine. And I was just like, good point. Hmm. Like, I've never thought about it like that, but it really makes sense. Um, my friends, I, I, most of them love that I'm like this, but I have some friends that 
They don't like that I'm like that. I'm I, I give so much grace to people. Like when I'm at the store and somebody does something or whatever. I'm always that's my first response. I'm like, you never know what they're going through. You never know what kind of day they're having. You never know what kind of month or week or shoot year. You don't know what like you don't know what they're going through. And so I'm always just like some things aren't as personal as we believe. So my, my mindset is always like, what are they going through? Like, especially when it's negative, my mind just be thinking like, what is happening in your life? That's your, and that's probably why I want to, I'm always asking those why questions. Like, why do you do that? Right. You know, like, you know. It, it, it is a thing, or it definitely changed my lens as how I view people, what I perceive as acting mm-hmm. on public uh, versus like, mm-hmm. hey, they could have just lost their job or their baby daddy. That's how I think. Or whatever. Yeah. That's how I think. Literally, I'm, I'm like, they could have just found out the worst news of their life just before now. And I'm judging them in this one moment, you know, and it's like, if I'm having a moment like that, I would hate to be judged that way. You know, like, that's how I think of it. Like, I would hate to be like people brand me as this. And it's like, you don't know what I'm going through. And it's like, so I'm always thinking like that for people, except it sucks because it's mentally exhausting. Because you're having to put yourself in somebody else's shoes. And it's like, <laughs> my own life, I have my own thoughts. You know, I'm going through my own personal things. But yeah. here I am thinking about you and what you're going through. <laughs> I, I, this happened in a movie. But it kind of coupled with our discussion now is making more sense of like, when people destroy their own stuff, it isn't about the people that it affects in that one moment. Like, it's not really directed towards you. And um, I was thinking about, there's a scene in the movie I just watched recently, where this girl's drinking a glass of milk, teenager, and she like slams it to the ground because she's pissed. And I was like, you're home alone. You're going to die or you have to clean that up. Like, those are the only two things that are going to happen in this movie. It's like, you're going to be really pissed to clean up glass and milk. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So it's like, it's depicted from fiction, but like, Overall, like, yeah, 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 someone's going through all that. It's one of those things. Also, I don't think that character dealt with death. Like, six of her friends died in one night, she went to school the next day. <laughs> She's, yeah, it's like, you shouldn't do that. Wait, please tell me you're not okay. I'm trying not to think of the movie you're talking about. It sounds like Talk to Me. No, 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 no. This is the movie I saw a couple nights. It's not. Neon, neon Mansions, or wait. No, what was it called? Okay, the Neon yeah. Maniacs. Thank God, my heart was dropping. I'm like, is this talk to me? Because I haven't watched the trailer or anything, so I don't no, know what's no, going no. on. I wouldn't hear anything. Okay. The only thing is similar talk to me. Never mind, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say it. I said enough. That's right. Um, I don't want to know anything. I'm, I'm so gay for that movie. But anyways. But you were kind of explaining, like, we were going to... Um, I was going to say, like, going back to Trevor's motive. I don't want to say motive, but I can't figure out what he's mm-hmm. vested in. Because we also see a different part about him of, to where, like, you're engaged to be this person and you've never had a real conversation right. about why her mother passed away. But then when you do hear about right. her, you're researching whether mental health is genetic. Like, I thought you wanted to marry this. Oh, my gosh. 
I just wonder, like, because if she was going through all of this trauma, because she really was, like, how much was she hiding from you? Like, okay, because we can get into it. Like, it's, I keep forgetting we can talk about the spoilers. Mm-hmm. After she witnesses the intro scene, which is, by the way, one of the most creepiest intro scenes ever. Goodness gracious. The monologue from the woman with the yellow, like you said. Oh, my God. Now I see it in my head. Um, By then, she, she witnesses, I mean, her smiling and, you know, she'd never seen that before that point. Um, She goes home and she has that scare and she's trying to drink the wine and relax. Mm-hmm. Like, at one point, she's just like, oh, my 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 patient died. And I'm just thinking, like, you just went through a crazy... It's like... And that's one of the things that this movie is smart about. It, like, shows the lens. I feel like we're watching the movie purely through her lens. First, first hand. Uh-huh. Like, everything that we're seeing, this is how she's almost seeing the world. But, um... You know, you went through a crazy day. Like, you should be, like... Like, I... The, even the way he responded, he's like, I'm sorry, or something like just really. And I just feel like if it was me and my wife just or my fiance just told me she just witnessed that, I would be like, oh, my goodness. Like, are you OK? Like, right. Um, you know, like I would just be like so much more concerned, like, OK, is there anything I can do? You know, but he just sounded so apathetic about it. Like, I'm sorry. It, 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 in those things, it feels so lighthearted. And I'm just like. She went through some very heavy stuff. Like, this is not a lighthearted situation. You're right. Like, there isn't a... It was very surface-level condolences. Like, something that a coworker would say to you, not your fiancé. Like, he hugged her, but, like, I just feel like I would just be like, okay, uh, where do you want to go? Let's go get... Like, I would just be like, you know, just so much more concerned, and he just seemed... And I noticed that yesterday, even just more, just like wow, like you're just so like, you know. The first time I was like, you know, what are you doing? But now I'm just like, wow, you're just so unemotional about it at all. Like, and then here she is trying to be like that. She's almost matching your energy. She's trying to yeah. almost play it off, but it's kind of clear that, you know, she's kind of shaken up. I do wonder how much of, you know, we'll never know, but how much of his character was there for the right reasons, I guess you want to say, I want to say. Mm. Uh, Was she just fitting where he was in his life and that's why they met or that's why he stuck around? Because it's like, she's already professionally developed. She has an ecosystem that fits inside of my ecosystem. They're already living together. Not yeah. saying that can happen. But right. how can you be this far along in a relationship and still not really you're he's not into her. Like he's there. No. Uh, physically, but not emotionally. Like um like the scene with when the uh, I know we're jumping ahead a little bit, but the scene where he gets a therapist mm-hmm. for her, like without her knowing it and she's pissed about it. And he's just like, um, you know, I got this to help you and blah, 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 blah. It's like you, she, like, oh, she has a, uh, 
She's like, you just want to, uh, you know, keep life in this safe, you know, thing. And, you know, if we have a, if we ever, God forbid, anything real happens and, you know, because it ruins your whole, like, idea of, like, your perfect little life, you know, right. it's like, he, it, it's like he has this, it's like she's talked about it a couple of times that it's, it seems like, you know, he just wants this life and maybe she put herself in that and he never really put himself into hers because you guys would both be kind of doing that for each other. But it's like maybe you try to fit into your life and God forbid I'm losing my mind or having a breakdown. It's messing up your little, you know. Right. Your little plum life. Yeah, because he's so he's so dismissive in the fact of like he's not even trying to affirm that she's actually having a mental breakdown. He's just like, "This is a problem I don't want to deal with. I'm bringing it to right because there's right. never a real in depth conversation between them of like what she's experiencing. He's he just ignores it or like he just thinks she's crazy immediately. Not right, hey, which is. Why can't they just witness someone die? Yeah. Like, I just would take that. Witness someone die. And then it kind of... Right. Like, that's the thing, too. I think that's a a note. So, something, like... I think that this movie is kind of crazy, or it's kind of when you really think... It's just trauma on trauma on trauma on trauma. Because I think even for... I even put myself in Trevor's shoes. In his world... He's probably traumatized by the stuff he's seeing from Rose. But in her life, this is why I mean, but in her life, she's literally going through all this stuff. And we're seeing that firsthand. We know she's not insane. Um, And then it's almost probably traumatizing. It's like traumatizing probably for her sister to see. It's like traumatizing on all these ends to all these characters. And it's like, it's spreading. Kind of how the entity Mm -hmm. does it. I, I thought that was, I was realizing that when I was thinking, I was like, you know, Trevor's probably scared, honestly, like, you know, what's going on with her. But like we're talking about, like, did you really know Rose? Did you did you ever really take the time to get to know Rose? Like, if you knew then you would know that this is a big thing for her. You you would be like a bad dream. You should be able to like say, oh, what did you have a dream again? Like it should be that should be a conversation. Yeah. Normally. Because it's clearly, a you know, but it doesn't even stop. Right. And she keeps having it. And um, not to get too personal, but I think um, like I kind of went through that, like in my household, like I did go through that. Not specifically what she did, but just the abuse, um, like with my parents. Mm-hmm. And I still have dreams about it. Like, and a lot of times the dreams aren't exactly what happened in real life, but it's a lot of the emotions I felt. So where I'm hearing the abuse, I'm seeing it, or it's happening to my siblings or me. Um, And I still go through that. And I'm in counseling myself. Um, I've seen how the changes can happen. But like, so I understand the whole reoccurring dream or, you know, like when you're going through that trauma. So I just, I'm just like, it just, he never, like you said, she woke up from the dream and he just didn't even move. And I feel like most times you get scared awake. Like, you know, are you okay? Yeah. Even if you're like, even if you're half asleep, you're like, what's going on? You know, none of that. Just unbothered. 
I mean, I, I, I feel haphazardly this is from watching horror movies, but if I hear a sound in my house, I don't know when I'm dead asleep, I'll wake up. Like, if I have a drippy sink, it doesn't bother me. Same. If, if a toilet flushes, I wake up. I'm not in the bathroom. Who's in the bathroom? Um, and it's yeah. one of those things. So someone being startled awake, it's going to trigger me to wake up, even if I'm sleepy. Like, you okay? You all right? Yeah. All right. Go back to snoring. Done. I mean, it's just... He didn't care. He truly did not. And, and uh, okay, let me just say this. On Facebook, the hard groups, they slammed this movie. I was talking to you about it a little bit. They mm-hmm. talk about how this movie sucked, how it was trash, how it was lame, how, it was, how they couldn't finish it, how they had to, they tried to watch it like four times. And my thing is, the intro scene happens. I feel like that's an amazing intro scene. Um, I can understand if you're in a different mindset, maybe it's a little bit funny because it, you're dealing with a lot of mental health. She's dealing yeah. with mental health patients, having type of outbursts. And, you know, it can be, I guess, kind of funny in a sense. Um, but, like, when you see the that – oh, were you going to say? Well, I was going to say I, I, I'd, I'd have to watch it again because I haven't watched it in a bit. But I think that if you were to play the original short film as an intro to what's about to happen, I think I think it could seamlessly go together. Because, like, Laura really? witnesses her professor's death, like they say in this film. Um, but it would explain why she's in a psych ward the next day. Because, like, even the scratches on her face are... I mean, I think... Maybe she ripped her I noticed face off that. in the short story. But I know she's clawing at her face in the short story. I don't remember if she rips her face off. Okay, I didn't know that. Okay. But in this okay. one, it picks up with scratches on her face. So, like, maybe she thought she scratched her face off and she wakes up and realizes she hasn't, but she needs help because she just went through all this or whatever. And I think that because you right. don't get a title credit for, like, 10, 15 minutes anyway. So, like, add yeah. another five or seven minutes. To that, I think it would have been fine. Yeah, and given context. Yeah, I I think um, like the intro scene happens, it's chilling. I mean, the smile alone, and I remember when she was cutting her neck. The music that was playing, I I mm-hmm. felt like I was watching something wrong. It felt super eerie, like I wasn't supposed to be looking. I just felt so. It was so freaky. Right, and then um, the title card happens, and the title card, by the way, is very eerie. I mean, I remember the first time I was like, "Whoa, what was that?" There's a doom, 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 doom. I was like, "What?" I, I just, I didn't know what to say. I was like, I was disturbed though. No, it gets you um, uncomfortable from like, the beginning. From the very beginning, I think that like the movie wants you to feel like that because the music stopped. I'm going off the tangents here, but the soundtrack is probably one of the most eerie, spine-tingling soundtracks I've ever heard. Like mm-hmm. besides the classics, like it—it's it, like even if you didn't see the visuals, you know that something is wrong, and something—and it's like nothing is right, and it sounds like nothing will ever be right. It just sounds like wrongness on the soundtrack. Like it just sounds like that. 
So the movie like picks up like really, really quickly after that, after that, you know, the suicide. Like it picks up really, really quickly. Like she's the scares start coming and you start to see her losing her mind. So I feel like people have slammed this movie. They talked about how awful it is, but it's like you're not paying attention. Or some people won't get it. Not to say they won't get it. Um, if you're not super empathetic or you lack that type of stuff. You right. may, f- or I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say an attack on your character. I'll say that for sure. But, you know, if that stuff isn't really important to you, you don't really understand that. It's not going to hit as hard. It's going to seem kind of boring and kind of, you know, no, lackluster. I, I, I liken it to there are horror fans that will enjoy true crime, but there aren't true crime fans mm-hmm. that enjoy horror because. There's a certain type of person mm-hmm. that enjoys watching murder that really happened, but like murder through a fictitious situation doesn't do it. So mixing murder, fictitious murder with real life mental health, I think is what turns people mm-hmm. off because you don't want to, wow. you don't want that element of realism. Um, yeah, because I'm into true crime and I love that. Yeah. Um, the fact that it's real. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think maybe that's what it is. They don't want to mix that element of realness to horror because this movie is a really heavy theme, and it's. I think that's what makes me so such an advocate of the movie because I'm like, I get it. All these other movies exist, but this is actually real. People go through this on the daily, you know, and it's like. If you don't have your mental health, then you can, you're almost susceptible to anything, you know? So, and I, how I can you speak? It should be normalized. It shouldn't no, be no, I'm where people feel like, yeah. hey, I'm, I'm not having a, well, I mean, now, right now, more and more people are accepting of I need to take a mental health day. But let's say four yeah. years ago, people would laugh at you. Yeah. It wasn't, no, you're not. Yeah. Like, get to work or you don't have a job. Yeah. I think yeah. things like that should be normalized and continue to be normalized. No different than uh, this is weird personal, but like, and I feel naive on my end, but my best friend was telling me like how <laughs> finances, he was telling me how he repositioned his retirement fund. And I was just like, I know I should know this, but I have no clue how my retirement is working. Like, I know money goes right, there, right. and I, I've never looked at the right. fine print. I've never looked at how things accumulate or when I get it out. And I was just like, damn, I'm not adulting correctly. But I also think, like, mm. there's a stigma about talking about your finances. Not necessarily from, like, how much is in your account. But, like, there are people who are yeah. great at tax evasion. There are people who can tell you what you can legally do to avoid taxes, not... Yeah. and end up in jail or whatever and there's things to circumvent things right. so you don't pay extra fees and penalties and all these things and some people know all this stuff and they share it with nobody it's like they just keep that in there and it's just like what does that do yeah 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 like i'm not trying to take your mm. money but if you know of a way i can earn more money without scamming people right why not tell me legit. yeah uh, you know but the like, same why thing not like, share that Share knowledge. I think whether it seems taboo knowledge or not, as a society, we should share more. Because yeah, no one advances from anything by being ignorant. 
whatever the subject matter is. Well, I think, and I mean, like, uh, social media, um, people's mental health is more susceptible to a lot of things. And that's why I'm just like, and then trauma, like, it, just because they don't show you, just because they don't talk about it, does not mean this is not what they're going through by themselves. And a big, a big uh, visual to that, I think, like at this point, I think, um, crap. I want to say she saw Trevor at home one time. She's like, I'm having like a really spooky, kind of weird day. But in reality, she saw like a couple of stuff. She was scared a couple of times. I think by then she had the whole phone call with the security because her her her, yep. her alarm went off, and mm-hmm. and she's like, "Girls, like, are you sure?" And this all she's turning around, and this is why I was saying Sosu Bacon really showed that like anxiety ridden. She was almost like that the whole time, really, honestly, at the at the peak of her emotions the entire time like teary-eyed because the fears just built up so much um yeah and then she's talking to trevor oh i'm having a spooky day i'm like no you're not you're 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 kind of going crazy right now and i'm like i understand what you're i'm like i i feel like right now you should be like trevor i'm really losing it i don't know what to do like i'm trying to be okay and i can't like but she's just like i'm just having it oh i'm fine i'm having a really spooky day and i'm just like no you're not like like that's yeah. oh and my gosh it was so bothersome the only thing he really says in response is like did you break another glass and that like resonated with me it's like everything else just went over your head and you're worried about a wine glass right i remember I- that yep and it, he, he did say did you break another glass Right. It comes off as a comedic break, right? To lighten the tension. However, like when you think about it, it's like, dude, you don't care. You don't care right. at all. At, he, you don't even see him at like, all. Mind you, he it's knows like, that she, like, it just goes back to kind of not to go back on it, but when we were talking about when he first told her, when she, when she first told him, that reaction was not it that's not yeah. the proper reaction she, and then the worst part is i think the worst part is we like we saw how she did it like it's one thing when someone does it i think it's traumatic either way you can't even say it's not but she smiled at her and it happened you know what i mean like yeah like if you saw only how it happened and only we know that he doesn't know that it's like you would be freaked out too and it's like, yeah, the, the reaction was just not the bar. It was not it. And it not just not shows many times, uh, even going, like, not even going to this part. But, I mean, let's talk about the party scene, the birthday party scene. Like, yeah. so this movie has, I'm going to consider this birthday scene an homage. And it has another homage, which if you've never seen Alien, you may have never picked up on it, but the scene where the therapist has uh, Rose against the wall, like there's drool and stuff coming out of her mouth. The, screaming at her. Yes. That's a scene between the alien and Sigourney Weaver in Aliens. Um, okay. I've seen stills of that. Okay. Um, just like, I think 
of Scream 4, when we get to the climax of this uh, table situation with Rose going through it. Oh. Um, when she jumps on the table and yeah, I was like, I haven't seen that. Knocks herself out in a sense. Yeah. Wow, that's a good one. That's a good catch because that I, you know, I remember when she did that. You know, Scream Four. I was like, wow, what a what a way to do that. You know, just yeah. I was like, that's commitment. Um, but this this whole scene of like a normal situation. And then the the entity figuring out a way to discredit her. It's like, I'm going to mess with your psyche and uh, make your friends not believe you anymore. Like, you're not going to have any security or anyone to turn to. Uh, Which, in turn, really showcases the intellect (sighs) of the entity. I'm like, I'm going to ruin all your lines of connections. Yeah, every... Like, okay... I think this is a this is a pre warning to anyone who's never. I feel like if you're in a wrong mindset, seeing this movie could really f you up for real because it's like everything. It's like a nightmare. It's like a mental health nightmare. It's just like it's like imagine having the worst dream of your life. It would be in this movie, like everything just going wrong and wrong and wrong and wronger and wrongest and it's just. It's just like you just thought you could never be more wrong, and it just keeps going and going and going and going and going. Um, how everybody turned their back on her, and I actually thought it was like a a good metaphor on life, because that's how, isn't that how people treat you when they think that you're crazy. I feel like um, this movie exhibits mental health very accurately, um, because everybody turns their back on Rose, everyone. Mm-hmm. And like you were kind of saying, the entity is kind of showing the power of the entity that I can um, not only make you lose your psyche, but I'm going to turn everyone around you against you. But like, but that's how the world sees you. Once they deem you as crazy or mentally unstable, or you know, they were almost they were using her mental illness of her mother against her. You right. know, like it was like. It's like once they deem you like that, anything that you say, even if you're fighting, because Rose was fighting for her life. Mm-hmm. She was literally fighting for her life. Like, and we scene by scene by scene by scene. There are so many things happening to her where I remember watching it yesterday and I was like, see, this is the point where I would not be okay. Yet we're trying to when she went to the birthday party, uh-huh. I felt bad for that. I, I felt like so many things that happened to her by then, like the fact that she's like smiling in the mirror and is playing that weird music and she's trying to be okay. I'm like, this is just like showing how it is, just trying to push past it, you know, and be right. okay. And you shouldn't be okay. Yeah, the the she's even only going to this birthday party out of guilt and the fact that she was suspended from work. Otherwise, she was supposed to be at work that day. And it's just like you yeah. said, she's trying to put on that face and go through the motions because it's what's expected of her versus, hey, he's only five or six. He won't remember that you didn't come with your dead cat. I'm, I'm, <clears throat> I'm that, glad. That took me out. Yeah, I'm happy they didn't show mustache's death in the film um 
I think that animals in cinematic history have had a not such great time. Um, so it's fine that it's alluded yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But, and the fact that I think, yeah. in this um, iteration, we don't know definitively if it was the entity or if Rose just lost her shit, uh, which I like that element as well. Right. That we, we're not sure. And, and obviously they're not, well, they're pretty much like, you know, Trevor, he's like, did you kill Mustache? You know? Yeah. And then by then, you know, she's like, this is like, it's the, it's the, the thing, you know, and it's like, oh, you're not, you're not making any sense here, bro. Like that scene where she's in the car and she's telling him, like, she's like, I feel like I'm, like, I feel like I'm being threatened. Like, I felt like that scene was so powerful. I felt like this was like that middle point where she already went through enough, in my opinion, that she should have been like, you know, she looked ridiculous. She looked tired, distressed, you know, like rings around her eyes. She was exhausted. This is like the middle point where it was like, this is like the point of no return, even though I kind of feel like she was already there. And she's like pleading with you. And she's like, at one point, she's like, I remember it, it, it gives me chills to think about. She's like, I feel like I'm in grave danger. Like, mm-hmm. she literally was in grave danger. And she and he's just like, he's like, what are you saying to me right now? And then that's when he, like, brought up the whole, the, the therapy or, or the genetic right. thing. And it's, and just- it's just like. She has to defend her issues with everyone else in the one place she's supposed to be safe at home with her partner. And it's like, he's doing nothing but berating her and breaking her down even further. Like, the entity, as far as I know, never really has anything to do with trailer. He's just, you know, garbage on his own. And it's aided to the entity's agenda. But as far as I remember, you never see... Trevor possessed or the entity pretending to be Trevor. It's just No, you don't. Yeah. He's just and he's just gone. I'm so pissed at him. Because I was like that, I'm like, this is supposed to be our safe space. But I was just like, even when she's pleading with you, even like Sosie Bacon is such a good actress in this movie. You know, she has so many outbursts in this movie, but they Mm -hmm. feel appropriate. Given yep. what she's gone through, like I remember when in the car, he's like about to get up, and she's like, she's like, no, and she's like, sorry, and then she like gets up and chases after him, like you know, you have to listen to me, like she's like, like it, it, it's making her look more crazier, but it's like she's not given what we've, we, and it's like us as the audience, we're like front seat to all of her insanityness, and we know it's just like. Why won't you believe her? It's, that's I think that's the most um, frustrating part is that uh, you know no one no one's believing her. Uh, but yeah, like I, I think he's just a piece of crap, fiance. You know, no, he definitely leaving her like that. You know, like I the especially with the in, therapist. Like I know, I know. <laughs> It's really hitting me that, you know, Trevor is the real villain. 
it's not the entity. Trauma happens. You, you, trauma you so? thrives. But like, if you think about it, every part of her life, the entity infiltrated, never touched Trevor. Even her sister. It's one of the best yeah. jump scares in the film. Um, or maybe not yeah. in the film altogether, but in the oh trailer my. for sure. Um, I was not expecting that at all. At all. When that happened, I was just like, I felt <laughs> like double traumatized what was happening to uh, Rose. Honestly, like here. the first time I watched this movie, I I honestly felt traumatized by what was happening to her. I felt like it was so. I felt like it was me. I was mm-hmm. just like I took it so personal. I was, I was so, I was so like because that's how people treat mental illness, mental health. They don't see it as serious, and it's like, and you know, I've learned. I've worked with that community as well. Like some of the jobs I work with, people have autism, all types of stuff. It's it's not always about what you're seeing. It's about what you perceive is happening. And I think that's how trauma works. Right. So sometimes like I think about like if you have a fight at school and you beat the crap out of this guy, you're not fighting that guy. You're fighting like sometimes you're fighting things in your past. Oh, you know, sure. and when you're like an adult and you and you snap out, you're like stuck in that same mind like Rose. You're stuck in that same frame of mind or whatever that event was or event, and it's just building up. So sometimes you might have an outburst at somebody, and it's, and it's like, I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't mean that, you know, at you. It just – but in, in their world, if we were, like, to be in a front seat in their mind, like, like when you see someone at work, like, the process for them getting up and getting to work, even their sleeping dreams – it's yeah. like if we can get a front seat to that, it could look like Rose's experience. And then they get up and they're like, hello, hi, everybody, da, 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 you know. Wow. Like, I feel like this movie really does, like, if someone that, if someone has a hard time understanding, I feel like they should watch a movie like this, even though it's dark and heavy and all these themes. I feel like you're 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 witnessing anxiety. The the soundtrack sounds like anxiety. It sounds like complete like um the birthday party scene when they're like singing happy birthday and it's like in slow motion and the the music is really strange and weird. Like that's kind of how it is. Like you're kind of like you know, you know You're right. They were all out of sync. And I'm not sure if this actor or extra was hired on purpose uh, for this uh, to add to it. But the boy to the left-hand side, he has what I assume is Tourette's. And he's he's having his tics while they're going through the birthday scene. And I was just like, I wonder I did, if that's just a thing of like... I did not notice that. Yeah, I feel like it's on purpose of just like how people operate in plain sight of like, yes, this might be happening, but I still go to everyday things. So it's like, you don't notice it. I didn't notice it the first time I watched it. Um, didn't really think about it. Second time I watched it, second time I watched it, I was like, oh, they're not in sync. Not everyone's singing. Not everyone's clapping. Not everyone's mouths are moving at the same time. And then this third time is when I noticed him. And I was like, oh, all these people are doing something. I did. 
I didn't even notice. I just, I just took the whole scene. I'm just staring at Rose, honestly, like how she's just trying to be okay. And you just feel wrong for her even trying to be okay. I think, I think that scene is where I just felt like, I remember it it sealed in my mind. I said, this movie is just wrong. I remember when she fell through the, 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 um, I love, I love her reactions too, because they don't feel overdramatic. I remember when, she was just like, you guys, tell me you see something. Like, tell me that you see it there. Like, oh my, like, even when, when the cat, like, the way she reacts, it's like, oh my goodness, like, this is getting bad. And when she yeah. fell through the table and she lets out that scream and her arms has all the, oh, I, you just feel like, it's just like, and you, that scream that she lets out, it's like, I would scream just like that. Be given, me being a mental therapist, now all of a sudden, this is where I am. I'm at my freaking sister's party, and he just opens up his gift, and it's a cat in there. Like, yeah. And, um, and it even the way the movie's directed, too. That's why Parker Finn is amazing in my book. The way he directed it, um, at times where it would just show her up close, sometimes it would just show her one eye and blinking, or it would show her and she's just trying to wipe away her tears and she's going through complete distress. Right. Yet going, it, it, you, I, I feel bad for her having even to talk to any humans, given what she was like going through behind closed doors. Right. Like, I mean, still trying to function throughout all of this and not knowing what is real and what is like, like the added part of like, there are people with mental health issues, but like there, there's actually a menacing element to this. It is not just straight mental health. Yeah. She has her trauma, but like something else horrific is definitely right. happening. And to try and delineate between the two is where she's struggling with. Like, this is real. This is. I don't think she ever acknowledges that it's a curse, but um, we know it's uh, the audience. I think she does. She okay. does at one point. She says to her sister that she says like she's like I have some, but at this point she's she's like I think I have some kind of curse. She kind of said she like because okay. I think by then because I don't think she goes to her sisters first, but yeah, she kind of acknowledged that it's something like that, but not. I don't think she full out goes like I'm cursed. It's gonna follow, but I think she comes to the conclusion that it's like something like that yeah definitely um so yeah i just think it's just like it's just one of those things that um and not only that like it 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 has so many the movie itself has so many good things going for it but it all really it, it i would recommend this movie to someone that like has Issues understanding that. I saw a comment where a guy said, if you don't understand mental illness, depression, health, you will see this movie and it can seem silly. But somebody like me, I, I watched this movie and it's completely terrifying. But I also think you don't also have to be a super empathetic person to, to see that. But it's just like, it's just a lens into like just that anxiety, the depression. Like, um, the, like when people with mental health, they they struggle with forgetting things, like mm-hmm. they they don't or they just struggle to remember things because they're 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 fighting for their sanity just like on a daily. There's so much things going on in their mind that certain things happen and they don't remember. Like yeah, 
I mean, I can imagine. You know, like the course of a week is exhausting for them because it's like it's almost like a year in their in their world. Mm. Like just being under that much. Yeah, it's like it's like a lot has occurred. Yeah. 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 And um, you know, I kind of take back what I said earlier about how long this movie is. It really needs to be at this length, you know, for you to understand what it's like. If this movie had been a half or 90 minutes, you know, you may not really be attached to the character like you are. Like, Rose, you understand, whether you like this movie or not, that she's going through it. Right. um, Right, right, right. So it's it's one of those like things. I just wanted I just wanted to give her a hug, I just wanted her to t- I just wanted to say, Rose, I believe you, like we're gonna get through it. Like, like I mean, Joel was a breath of fresh air, I think, uh huh, because he he at least was sticking by her, bro. When she said, you know what makes me so sad? When she said, she's like, can I just sleep? And you can I just sleep? And you just be near me. I was yeah. just like, yes, yes, you can sleep. You have been through so much. You can sleep. Like, yeah, you, you've I, I, I feel that. so attached to Rose in so many ways. Like, but you're right. Like, the first time I watched this, it was like a journey of just, I mean, it just goes and goes and it's just, and it just goes wrong and wrong and wrong and wrong and wrong. It felt yeah. like super wrong when she went to the guy in, in the prison. Remember when he's talking about killing somebody? Yeah. He's like, he's like, make sure, make sure, he's like, make sure your audience is bad. And then she just screams out, I can't kill someone. And she's like, <gasps> you know, and and then he has a connection like, oh, you have it. Like, I was yeah. just like, this is just, how could this go any more wrong? Like. I mean, it's because he knows. Like, if she kills herself in front of him, it's back on. And then he's just stuck in jail. And, and to just that reaction up, that Rose is just like, oh, God. She's potentially endangering anyone she's around. And that's what I like about the third act of like, she goes back to this house to try and face it. I don't know if she knew if she was going to be able to end it or even how to end it. But I like the fact that it's isolated. And then, because let me ask you this and we'll kind of wrap it up. Do yeah, you yeah. think Joel is affected by this and Trevor walked through the door next? Or or do you think Joel is affected by this, but he's a little more well-equipped to deal with what's about to happen if we were to take it to a sequel? Smiles. Directly streaming on Paramount. Oh. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and it's on American. It's on. It's on Amazon Prime too. Without <laughs> actually watching it on Amazon Prime, I was like, "Look, okay. where is it?" Um, you know, I when I saw the ending because they are making a sequel. Um, they oh. are working on it. Parker Finn is going to direct it. Yeah, it's it's they they announced it at CinemaCon. Um, I didn't know that. Uh, this year. Yeah, yeah. So they're definitely making a sequel. Um, Parker Finn said he's trying to make something different. Like he doesn't, and would you believe that this was his first movie? This is his directorial debut. His first for this to be okay. his first new movie, 
this is impressive. Like, because honestly, like, they're even the scares are like different, like how yeah. they come at you. Like, there's like a point where it's like she sees a shadow, or it's like the entity is standing in the door when she's trying to go to sleep, and then it goes to the next scene, and someone says Rose, and then she's like scared by a car. Like, I was like, that took me by. I was like, these scares are fresh. So, yeah, he said he's trying to make it different. Like, he's trying to think. And knowing that the curse affects people differently. Like, hers with the house. So, she set it on fire. It could be a whole another setup based on the psyche of whoever. But given with uh, Joel... Um, that I never thought of Trevor coming back. So do you even bring in that part up? Kind of took me by surprise. Cause I, I didn't think of that. He was like gone. So I, mean, I didn't even think about him finding her. Cause I thought he was just kind of done with her. But yeah, I mean, it, it ends that way. But I was like, what, yeah. what could, I mean, and the entity could just start. That could else, happen. Right. It doesn't have to pick up with these characters or what's right. left of these characters. Yeah. 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 I, I, I think that, in a sense, you could be right. Joe could be equipped, more equipped to deal with this, especially given that he's like a police officer. Um, but, uh, I kind of remember the the last frame, and I just remember looking at his eyes and looking at like Rose in the reflection, and mm-hmm. that's kind of where I was just like, um, I think he's affected i think i think i think even with this equipment I, I think and you know what i think they could really do that's why i think if that when they do this sequel whoever's in the sequel has to be an amazing actor or actress because sosie bacon literally carries the entire movie it's literally centered around her and she's like front and center and you're like she's right. at the peak of her emotions the entire time and I felt like if it was a mediocre actor, actress, it would not have hit as hard as it did. Because you almost believe what was happening to her, you know, in a sense. Because it's, so it's this long journey. So I think whoever does the sequel, like, they have to be a great, undeniably a great actor or actress. And it would be cool to see this from a man's point of view. It'd be cool to see Joel or another guy kind of go through this it like because the situations will be different you know um yeah. yeah you know now that i think about it i would almost prefer it not to even uh start with joel i think because at, at mm-hmm. the end of the day he's a cop right he can just go kill someone and explain right but I think yeah. a more interesting take on it yeah. would be he beat it, it went on to whomever, and then it circled back mm-hmm. to his like to his domain. So like he he's still trying to help whoever is afflicted by it. Because he beat it once and he knows probably the most about it other than the guy in prison. So like you could still yeah. use him as a callback and a familiarity for fans but also drive a whole yeah. other story and only use him as like an Oracle character. Hmm. That's an interesting that, take on it. 
I'm wondering yeah. how they're going to do that. Yeah, I almost want to say, like, I would but love to I see, have... like, a group of kids go through this. Whoa. And I don't that, know what that I, says so about I was honestly against the sequel. I was against okay. the sequel, honestly, when I heard about it because the first, it's so good that I feel like it's a standalone. I don't feel like you need a sequel. Like, I feel like it, 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 it doesn't need one. But because Parker Finn just did such an amazing job. Like the music was the like I, I feel like even the, the movie wouldn't work without the soundtrack. Soundtrack added with the visuals, you can hear the soundtrack and know something's not right. But when you see the visuals and how things are shown, the directing from things are like sideways and all that, all that was very intentional to me. It seemed like so knowing that yeah. this is this man's first movie and the thought of him doing a sequel, I think that like. We could really, and he said he he was explaining how he wants to do it differently. I think he could really do it differently because he's shown a lot of fresh things in here that I think, like you said, it could be kids. It could be like to show because like the point of I think the point of this movie is a message. You know, mental health Mm -hmm. is serious. You know, these themes are very serious, and you know. We knew, we knew, I don't think us as an audience, we never thought Rose was crazy. We knew she wasn't, but everybody, like, we never thought once that she was crazy. I think we just, more so was like, man, this is going, you're going through it, you know, why is this stuff happening to you? Um, Precisely. So I I think that, uh, yeah, so I I think, I think it'd be cool to see like it from another perspective, you know, and they could do it any, any kind of way. It could be. It could be, it could go either way. So I'm, I'm excited to see where it was. So I'm more excited for it now, but I wasn't at first because I was like, it makes me think of. Yeah. Um, In hindsight, for me, yes. I, I don't even know what I was thinking. Of course, it would have to have a sequel. It was like, fifteen million dollar budget and two hundred million dollar profit. Yeah. So it's like no studio would let that go without doing a sequel. Right. Yeah. Um, I think too, um, like, uh, what's funny was they weren't even going to release this in theaters. They right, were going to release it at home, but I guess the, the I guess the reception was so good that they were going to release it in theaters. So I think they that's were right. cool. like it was, yeah. Because I will say, um, not to say I think because when I watch movies at home, I just connect my headphones to my TV. So I think mm-hmm. I would have had a similar experience, but I think it wouldn't have been as impactful like when I was in the theater. So I'm glad that it that they put it in theater. It was a smart move. That makes sense. Uh, well, I guess that's going to do it. Our take on Smile 2022. Yeah. If you're still listening to this point and you didn't see the movie and we ruined it for you, I hope you enjoy watching a movie that's ruined. Uh, Dre, would you like to tell people where they can find oh. you on the internet? Yes. Um, I you can find my Instagram. Uh, I have to look because I always wonder. So it's going to be at Craydre31, um, which is C R A Y D R E 31. And then I, I have my I have my TikTok attached to it. Um, but my TikTok is at Craydre30. Um, and then uh, my YouTube is Craydre 
I believe it's just Cray Drave. Somebody told me it's Cray Drave Z. <laughs> but I think if you search Cray Drave, you'll be able to see it. It has like my, my cartoon logo on it. So, yes. Yes. And I'll I'll link it all in the show notes as well. So uh, people can find it there as well. Yes. Uh, in true fashion, I never figured out an outro for this song or for this show. So I'm just going to end it.